Thank you. Thank you. Ah, welcome to this next act at the Valindra, the oversized sand pit of Bristol's comedy scene. Uh, yes, great. Cool. How are we? We good? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I said, how are we? We good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Great. Give us a cheer if you've been to this next act at the Valindra before. Okay. Give us a cheer if you've never been before. Okay, I think we've got slightly more never-beens, but that's good. That's good. We've still got a bit of a return audience, so we're doing something right. Um, great. I'm, I'm Isaac. I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just tell you a bit about, bit about, bit about this evening. Actually, no, first of all, so those of you who haven't been to this one before, give us a cheer if, you, if you've been to live comedy before. Okay, give us a cheer if you haven't been to live comedy before. Okay, good. Good. No, that's good. So we all know, we all know how it works. We all know that we're all here to have a good time. We're all here to relax and enjoy ourselves. And everyone's going to come up and they're going to they're going to make you laugh. And, and you know you're going to be part of the experience. And it's all going to be fantastic. We all know that, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Good. Okay. So I'll ju- I'll just tell you a bit about the night. So what we're going to do is we're going to have three acts in the first section. We're going to have a short break, about ten minutes. Then we're going to have three acts in the next section. Again, a short break, and then we're just going to have two acts to to wrap up the night. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yes. Good. Right. So. At the Valindra, we like to, uh, you know, it's, it's a very sort of, it's a very friendly, inclusive atmosphere. You know, I, I like to think that we're actually, we're not just acts and audience, you know, we're a family. We're, we're a family here. For example, you, sir, what's your name? Andy. Andy can I borrow a fiver? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. See, family. This is what family does. Thank you, Andy. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll just take it after the show. Or, I mean, or you can give it to me right now. It's up to you. I don't mind. We'll wait. We'll wait. Okay. <laughs> so, Andy, uh, what do you do? I work in IT. You work in IT? Yeah. Okay, great. Are you, so you're good with computers? Some may say. Okay. Some, some, who, who are those some? <laughs> I'm working with a number of, I'm, I'm sitting here with a number of my colleagues. Uh, okay, so some of them might not say. <laughs> okay, should we should we steer clear of the work topic then? Yeah, all right, let's do that. Uh, so, Andy, the World Cup. Did you enjoy it? I'm Scottish. Ah, oh, so, <laughs> so the question being then? Yeah. No, I think we'll stick on. I think we'll stick on the World Cup. So then the question is, did you really enjoy it because the hopes were raised and then squashed, or did you not enjoy it because we got kind of far? Most people in Scotland will hate me for saying this, but I massively supported England, and I was really, really pleased with how well you guys did. Hey, let's give Andy a round of applause, guys. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. No, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, it did, it did end in heartbreak, but it was a great run. It was a great, it was a great World Cup. Everyone had a great time. Uh, I, I was very pleasantly surprised by the World Cup in Russia because I have to say, 
when they first announced that Russia was going to get the World Cup, I was, I was a bit skeptical. Like, like many people, you know, there was, uh, there was a bit of controversy, wasn't there? And I, I was a bit skeptical. I, I, I wasn't really sure about it because I wasn't really sure about FIFA giving the World Cup to Russia, you know, because it's, it's, it, it really is just a horrendous regime, you know, so much corruption. And uh, Russia's not too good either. Um, but no, it was great, wasn't it? The next World Cup, of course, going to be in Qatar. Uh, natural choice, a nation with a long footballing history. Uh, and again, there, there, was, there was some uproar here when Qatar first got the World Cup. Because, uh, well, par- partly because, you know, there's all these kind of human rights abuses that go on there. There was reports of, uh, of them using slaves to build the stadiums. But more importantly, the weather. It's too hot in Qatar during the summer. So they're going to have to move it. They're going to have to play it in the winter. Let's play it in the winter, which I think is probably the most British complaint you could possibly have about the World Cup. You know, what, are, you, are, you, are you annoyed about the fact that you're using slaves to build the stadium and they're, you know, destroying people's lives? Nope. Too hot. It's too hot. You know. <laughs> you ask a British person if they, ha, ha, how they feel about slavery being used to build the stadiums in the, in the World Cup and they say, ah, oh, well, you know, it's football, it's not politics. You know, uh, it's, we, we, I don't like it, but we can't interfere in these things. You tell a British person about the weather in Qatar, they're like, what? What? 50 degrees? Are you fucking kidding me? Generally, calippos I'll need in that. Well, they don't sell calippos. Fry an egg on my chest. Um, okay. All right. And on that lovely note, who wants to have some real comedy? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Uh, I'd say that was about a 7 out of 10. Should we give it a 10 out of 10? Who wants to have some real comedy? Good stuff. All right. So, we're about to bring on our first act, but shortly before we do, as in shortly, like right now, before we do, we're going to play a little game. A little bit of game. And those of you who've been here before will know about this game. This game is called Do What I Say. Um, Specifically, clap when I point to you. And then stop clapping when I do that. Okay. So let's give it a trial run. No, just you keep clapping. You've been here before. You know how this works. All right, now stop. Okay. Okay. You get how this game works? All right. So we're about to bring on Sal Drummond, our first act. A wonderful, wonderful first act all the way from Cheltenham. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to be great. Game time. Hey, now start whooping, start cheering for Sal Drummond! Hello. Real comedy, that's I've got a little kid, she's, I don't know, I'm so proud of her, she's three, yeah, and I'm so proud, she shouts louder than anyone I've ever known, she can like swing a punch, she's just vicious, and I'm so proud of her, oh, and honestly, I'd be like, darling, 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 idiot, could you shout for for daddy, please, sweetheart, and you'd be like, daddy! Uh, could you, could you? <laughs> Super. I couldn't do that. I'd be ashamed. She, she's three. She's got no problem. But I am so proud of her. 
It's just ridiculous. I taught her, because I love trees, I taught her to recognise trees, right? And I was so proud. I was like, what's that one? She's like, that's an oak. And I was like, yes! What's that one? She's like, that's an ash tree. And I was like, yes! I'm like, what's that one? That's a cedar tree. I was like, oh, damn it. Shit, 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 shit. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's okay to make a mistake. It, it's, it's fine to make a mistake. It's, it's, it's how you learn. It's how you learn. And she was like, I can see the tree. <laughs> Poor little kid, eh? Oh, where are we? A fellow out once told me that I've got a very engaging voice, a sort of sing-song, kind of bedtime story kind of voice. (laughs) It's very difficult to hear your own voice, isn't it? But, you know, I mean, I've listened to my voicemail, and it's basically just snoring. So I reckon he's right. (laughs) People assume a lot of things about me because of my voice. They assume that I never swear. They assume I don't take drink. They assume I don't do drugs. They assume I've never had sex. That might be the face. Probably is the face, now I come to think of it. (laughs) But yeah, they do. I do get it, I get it. I have this kind of air of sanctimonious purity about me. (laughs) No kidding, I once went on a student pub call dressed as a nun. Not a good nun, a shit nun. My basic ordinary clothes and a folded pillowcase on my head every I had a witch over here I had a gorilla over here I had a Jaeger bomb standard nun stuff yeah I cleared every pub we went to what do you think we're going to do I'm not going to preach at them I've got one pillowcase I cannot make a whole pub comfortable (laughs) I've forgotten what I'm talking about yeah you're right though nun clothes not sexy clothes are they I don't, I don't wear sexy clothes, and I'll tell you why. It's very difficult not to look at you at this point. I'm going to look at you. Some men, him, <laughs> some men, they take sexy clothes as, as a very general kind of invitation, don't they? Not, not a specific invitation, a very general, world-at-large kind of invitation with the sexy clothes. So I don't wear them. I want to make that really, really specific that invitation. I want to know about wind direction. I want to know about lunar cycles. I want to know latitude, longitude, who, what, where, when, how, surrounding vegetation, the full nine yards. Now, they do say, don't you wear sexy pyjamas for your husband, Sal? Come on, wear sexy pyjamas for your husband. No. Still not specific enough. If I'm going to wear sexy pyjamas for my husband, I've got to put them on at eight, and I've got to take them off again at 11 and put on a T-shirt that says, too late, missed it. (laughs) Then I've got to get up again at two and put on the one that says, just have a wank. (laughs) And then again at four that says, for the love of Christ, I will cut it off, I will tie it to a frisbee, and I will bring it into a dog park. with men, seriously. Who would? The, the purity thing, it's probably true. Who wants to have sex with men? 
have sex with men. It's, it's like when you go abroad and you think, ooh, an English pub. I fancy a pint. And afterwards you're like, is, 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 that, is that what you think a pub is? I mean, it's got the same name, but it's, it's, it's not what you were after, is it? <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Ooh, for some proper comedy. All right, give another round of applause for Sarah Jobin. All right, and keep it going, guys. Keep keep the applause going. Keep keep up the whooping going for Charlie Hunt. Hello, everyone. I should just say right now, I have just come here to watch cricket in silence for 10 minutes. <laughs> so that will be... It's a bit of an abstract, you know? It's a fun set. Hello, uh, my name's Charlie, and the only thing I understand about football is the bit at the end when the men pat each other. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I can't tell you who won the World Cup, but I can tell you it was a great tournament for platonic men's touching. <laughs> it really was. really was. Um... I've, I've moved house recently across the country. I was living in Brighton for the last five or so years, which is why I look like that guy you knew at uni. <laughs> yeah. For the people on the podcast, I should just describe, I'm wearing uh, three-quarter length pink shorts and a lovely matching floral shirt. I want to say shirt, but I'm lying to myself. It's a blouse. Um, as an outfit, it says... Yeah, I've done shrooms before. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I look like that guy you know at uni. You know the guy, you know, you've all, you've all seen him at the house parties, you know, gurning his way through conversations. He's a decent guy. He's a decent guy. You see him, you see him at the house parties, you know, cornering the first black person he meets and forcing them to talk about old school hip hop with him. <laughs> he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you see him at the house parties, maybe he's dealing a bit of drugs on the side. Nothing serious, you know, just enough to keep the old weekly shop topped up, you know. And even though he goes to all the house parties, he still comes away with a, a pretty decent degree. He's a decent guy, he's a decent guy, you know. I mean, I will say that isn't all true about me. I didn't go to uni, I went to art school. Yeah, and uh, I didn't get a decent degree, I got a 2-2. Thank you. <laughs> And that's the reason why drug dealing is now my main source of income. <laughs> yeah, it's going well for me. But when I'm not dealing fat-ass doobs on the corner... <laughs> does that sound right? Yeah, that's what they call it these days, right? Yeah, when, I'm not, when I'm not dealing those, I, uh, I work in a cafe. and I'm, I'm, That means two things for me. It means I lie to my family about what I do for a living. And it means that if one more person comes in and tells me that it's hot outside, <laughs> I'm going to set myself on fire. <laughs> you know, I talk a big game, but, you know, as soon as my boss came over, I'd stop. <laughs> well, you know. Charlie, we've, we've talked about this before. Self-immolation is strictly against company policy. <laughs> it's not even like you have a good reason like that monk did. <laughs> no. But, yeah, I, you know... It's, it's not what, he, what, I, what I wanted for myself in life, to be nearly 30 and, and work in a cafe. I spend half my time there pretending to know or care what the phrase bean to cup means. And the other half of my time, I'm basically just doing washing up. You know, if saucers, mugs, that kind of thing, little teaspoons. If I'm lucky, one of those little 
baby cake forks. It's a good time. Yeah. But there is an upside to doing all that washing up. You know, it gives me a lot of time to plan my inevitable nervous breakdown. I don't know if anyone else has thought about this, but planning breakdowns ahead of time is actually a really concise move in your life. It's a really sane thing to do. Because if you don't plan ahead, you know, one might just hit you and make a real fool of yourself. (laughs) For instance, my uncle, he lost his job last year. And it was the same job he'd had his whole life. And so he didn't really know what to do. It hit him really hard. And uh, a week after it happened, I found him in the street. And he was just stood there in the middle of town. And he'd painted himself head to toe in gold paint. And he was just stood there completely still. Uh, No matter what I did, I clicked my fingers at him. I shouted at him. I took a selfie with him. No matter what I did, he wouldn't move for hours on end, painted gold in the street, just standing there completely still. And the saddest thing was, right, that the people on the street, I was asking for help, all they would do was just toss change at him <laughs> as if money was going to solve all of his problems. <laughs> but that's why you've got to plan ahead, guys. You know, me, I've planned a nice, low-key light breakdown for myself. This coming Sunday, <laughs> I'll be at my local Toby Carvery. where I will argue with the manager that I am allowed to eat my roast in the car. (laughs) Because you haven't tasted gravy until you've had it in the back of a day of (laughs) You know, and then depending on how that goes, maybe I'll wander into the car park, roast in hand. And I'll ask strangers if I can eat my roast in their car. Because by this point, I've realised I don't have a car. The day on my tears was just a silly pipe dream. But that's what you've got to do. And then by the end of it, you know, I would have had a curbside roast. I can just jump back on the Asda Park and ride and be at home in time for the Emmerdale omnibus. Which for me is a great day out. Yeah, yeah I've got a lot, of, a lot of good advice like that that I like to share. Which is, you know, partly why I do this. I've also come up with a way, it's like my own self-defense sort of style it's like non-physical self-defense and for me you know often I'll be in like a a smoking area of a nightclub or outside a pub or something and you know you get those guys that for them a night out is just a way to beat the homosexual feelings out of themselves (laughs) I believe they call them roid heads (laughs) and when they come to you and they want to fight obviously I can't really stand up to them I look like a long thin crisp you know, I, I look kind of big, but I will snap very easily. So I had to come up with a way to stop them from harassing me, not, you know, non-violently. And what you have to do is when they come to you and they have this, they need a sort of reason, you know, to get into a fight with you. There has to be some sort of made-up reason. So when they, when they do that, you have to come back at them with the same amount of aggression, but with like a really nice sentiment. So when they come up to you and they go, oh, mate, what the fuck, man? Did you fucking... Do you look at my girlfriend's shoes, you fucking prick? What the fuck? Mate, you come outside now, I'm gonna fucking beat the shit out of you. Fuck! You love animals, you prick! <laughs> yeah? Yeah? You wanna, you wanna go? Yeah, you wanna go? You wanna go to the shelter with me? And, and, and ask him which animal's been there the longest? And then take it home, no matter how stupid it is? Yeah? Yeah? Mate, what the fuck? I just wanna fight, mate. What the a... <laughs> 
What are you doing, mate? What are you getting all with my, my, my emotions for? Getting my head for, mate? What, what the hell, man? What's in that light? Like? well for me so far at least yeah you know not too bad um i uh as i said i've moved in i've moved recently it's because i have moved in my my girlfriend which gave a nice little ooh, wow thank you thanks for making me force that out of you uh yeah we moved in together it's the first time either of us have, have uh, lived with another partner before so we're going through the the trials and tribulations of, of what comes with that and the other day we did have our first like really big sort of monumental argument biggest argument I've ever had with a partner before and it's that kind of thing where you're you're yelling at each other you're saying stuff that you probably can't really take back halfway through you don't even know why you're arguing anymore you know I'm quite ashamed to say some of the things I said but they, were, they weren't very nice you know I said you know the way your mum looks at me is a bit strange <laughs> really odd none of my friends actually like you yeah, but she said some mean things too, you know. She said, you can't pull off dungarees. <laughs> it's just, you get to that point and they just know how to hurt you. you know? <laughs> and so we're arguing and, you know, it's really getting into it. And uh, she just walks out, she slams the door behind her. But it's that thing where you're halfway through the argument, you've still got that pent up stuff. And I thought to myself, how am I going to get back at her? You know, i still got all this rage. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, I know, I, I know how to do that. And the way to do that is to hurt the ones she loves the most. So I sat down on my computer and I booted up The Sims. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, I'm going to really mess with the lives of these little Sims that she loves. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll really, that'll show her. You know, so I booted up, I opened up, a, it was a, a young Sim couple living in the suburbs. First thing I did, deleted all the toilets. <laughs> Went pretty well. They weren't very happy with that. And I started to ramp it up a bit. I replaced all the white goods with uh, pictures of sad clowns. <laughs> Didn't like that either. I made them adopt 27 St. Bernards. They couldn't move for the St. Bernards. And uh, then I wasn't all bad, you know. I did let them have a bit of respite. For an hour a day, I'd let them go outside and look through a telescope that faced a wall. <laughs> they were really into that, funny enough. But I was getting really into it, you know, and, and before I knew it, a day had passed. I was just been sat there, just clicking away at this thing. And then all of a sudden, there was a knock on the door. And it brought me right out of it. I didn't know what to do. But I, I, I gathered myself together, and I'm, I answered the door. And it was my girlfriend there. And I realized I, just, I didn't know what to say. So I just right-clicked on her and told her, fuck off. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've been Charlie Hump. Right. Oh shit, this is really high. Another round of applause for Charlie Hunt. Woo! Woo! All right, and keep it going. Keep the whooping going, keep the cheering going for Lisa Valentine. 
Hello. So, thought I'd start with a little introduction. Um, I am married. Thanks for your number, though. I'll keep it for later. <laughs> I don't suppose any of you annoyingly single people are married, are you? No. Let me tell you about marriage. Long story. You get to that stage in your relationship of marriage where you just want to gouge their eyeballs out with a fork <laughs> if they so much as breathe in your general direction. Because that's what happens when you're with the same person day after day, week after week, month after month, year after fucking long year. You start to fantasize about them being in a terrible accident, don't you? You start to plan the funeral in your head. You start to compile the guest list. You rehearse the speech, the grieving widow thing. You even plan your funeral wear. I bought this in anticipation. <laughs> Speaking of funerals, actually, um, as you do, it was a few years ago now, um, my brother tried to commit suicide. And an awkward silence falls in the room like an anonymous fart. Or Gareth Southgate walking into a French bar. No, um, it was New Year's Eve, because it's always New Year's Eve. Um, and I was doing the traditional pastime of going out and getting completely and utterly arseholed. And lurching from sobbing into my beer from sobbing into somebody else's. But um, my sister rang, and she told me that my brother had gone from where he lives in Manchester uh, down to London and was threatening to jump off a bridge. So my first thought was... What's wrong with the bridges in Manchester? <laughs> We've got some lovely bridges in Manchester. <laughs> the Stockport Viaduct is one of my favourites. There's a lovely panorama of this city. Anyway. <laughs> my second thought was, oh God, I hope it wasn't that shit Christmas present I got him. <laughs> I suppose getting a Catholic exalted boy, Rolf Harris's two little boys, might have enhanced I'd be a, a bad thing. But he didn't, by the way. Um, they got him home. And, um, you know, being the good sister that I am, because I am, um, I thought, well, what would cheer him up in his darkest days? And uh, music is very important to me. I'm married to a musician. And I have a playlist for everything, every occasion, every event, every mood. So I thought, I thought don't do my playlist. I'll show him up. So I compiled him a playlist, and I chose the song specially for the occasion. You're ahead of me. Yeah. Jump by Criss Cross. <laughs> Bridge Over Troubled Waters by Simon and Garfunkel. Flying Without Wings by Westlife. I did draw the line at Orville's I Wish I Could Fly. I thought it was going a bit too far. But I did uh, a similar playlist for my husband when he had a heart attack, actually. I'll let you guess the uh, songs that I put in for that one. I had nothing to do with the heart attack, by the way, just in case that's what you're thinking. Who knew that jumping out from behind a door wearing a scream mask and brandishing a machete would bring on a heart attack? I don't, I don't know. Actually, he is a lovely person, my husband. He is a really, really lovely person. However, <laughs> he is what is known as a morning person, or as I like to call an irritating little shit in the morning person. I have to get up at 6 a.m. every morning, and I'm aware that some of you here might not know that time even existed. Sounds like there are two six o'clocks in one day, who knew? 
But I kind of fall out of bed at six o'clock and I, I tumble down the stairs, you know, I'm, I'm half blind, hairs everywhere. And he comes bounding along like fucking Tigger. Good morning, did you sleep well? What should we eat tonight? What do you want? What should I take out of the freezer? My chicken drumsticks, shall I? Or fish, fish pie. Oh, some lovely lamb chops. Never has a man come so close to having various frozen food items shoved up his ass. Well, that'd be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? I had no idea, Constable, how those frozen chicken drumsticks ended up up his ass. Well, as you can probably tell from my accent, I ain't from round here. Nah, I'm a northerner. Sorry about that. From a little place called Oldham. I suppose you know where that is. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you got the first joke. Yeah. Um, it's a shit of a place in the arse end of Manchester. But um, anyway, but, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's a great place. I hate it. But I live, I live down here now and I work in Swindon. Anybody know where Swindon? Yeah, you know where Swindon. Yeah. I work in an office in Swindon, and one of the things I hate about my job, one of the many things I hate, is other people. (laughs) Do you know what they say to me first thing in the morning, do you? Good morning. Good fucking morning. I've been up since 6am. My husband's had frozen chicken drumsticks wedged up his arse. I've been sat in the car for an hour on the M4 motorway in rush hour traffic just so I can spend the rest of my day in a 70s office block with no air conditioning, with a bunch of irritating little shits in Swindon, and you want me to have a good fucking morning. This funeral dress isn't just for family, you know. Anyway, thanks. You've been like, all right. Give it up again for Lisa Valentine! Yay! Okay, so we're now going to have a short break and we're going to be back in, say, 10 minutes. So let's aim for quarter two ish. Oh, my light's still on, no. All right, so yeah, me back here about quarter two. All right, cool. Fantastic. Do we all have a good break? Yes. Do we all enjoy the first section? Yeah. Fantastic. Sorry about that, Adil. Okay. I'm blurring in his ears. Um, like I normally am, but that's fine. Uh, Andy, did you have a good break? Enjoy yourself? Yeah, great. What did you do? What did you get up to? I was congratulating my work colleague. Ooh. Bit of a... You wanted to say friend, but you're like, we're not quite friends yet, so... <laughs> Fair enough. Are you allowed to be friends? <laughs> there you go. Okay. So. Fair enough. So Andy, now that we're family, um, I, f- I feel. Oh, thanks, thanks, mate. Um, I feel like we're close enough that I can now ask you this: What's your favourite thing to do, ever? Drink. Okay, apparently Lisa thinks that your favourite thing to do is drink. She clearly doesn't have a very high opinion of you. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. That's also my favourite thing to do. Well, after comedy, of course. But sometimes I'm allowed to do them together. 
which is, you know, makes for a very enjoyable experience for everyone. <laughs> uh, ah, so, uh, Charlie mentioned in the first section that he has recently moved in with his girlfriend. I've also recently moved in with my girlfriend. Uh, soon afterwards, we hit another big milestone. Uh, we broke up. Uh, didn't see that one coming, did you? And neither did I! Uh, she uh, she left me, uh, she tore my heart into a million tiny pieces and made me feel that I'd never be loved again. But the other day, I bought a loaf of bread using the joint bank account. So who's winning there? I don't know. You tell me. One of the fancy seeded loaves as well. Yeah. My heart may be in ruins, but my toast is nutritious. Uh, yes, no, uh, but we, we, we actually do still live together. Because like we did move in together and we, and we do still live together, and you know people say people say that that's not a good idea. You know they say that it's not a good idea living with an ex because inevitably there's so many kind of feelings up in the air, and inevitably sex happens. You know, and and one of you is probably going to feel very differently to it than the other. And to be honest, that did happen, and she 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 sort of felt fine about it. And to be honest, I just I just felt quite awkward. Um, in fairness, the guy she was with felt quite awkward as well. Uh, <laughs> But no, she uh, uh, she said she was breaking up with me because I'm too immature. Um, I know, right? What? Uh, she, I mean, so she referenced this one event where for her 24th birthday, uh, I got her this card that said happy second birthday and scribbled little fours on it. So it said happy 24th birthday. But, you know, I think it's a good joke. And more importantly, it was for me, not for her. So, Although, let me tell you that uh, no joke is worth the look you get. When you take a happy second birthday card to the checkout and the woman says, special day, is it? And you say, yes, it's my girlfriend's birthday. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready for some more comedy? <laughs> As opposed to what you just had. Yes. All right. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm about to bring on our first act of this section. We have three acts in this section. Then we're all going to go away for another drink. Another break, even. Which includes drink for Andy. Um... Okay, so we're about to bring on Alice O'Brien. She's one of my best friends. She's fantastic. And she's a very good comedian, more importantly. So, we're about to bring her on. And, you know, we're going to play a different game this time. It's called Clap Louder Than The Other Guy. <laughs> right, so we're all going to start clapping, and you're going to turn to, like, the person that's next to you, and you're going to be like, oh, I'm clapping better than you. Can we do that? Can we play that Whoa. game? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we all clap for this. No! No! We won't do that. It'll be a competitive game. Okay. So, all right. Begin! All right. Yeah! Whoop! Cheer for Alice O'Brien! female comedians like to come on stage and critique um, about how bad men are at oral sex. But um, I've got to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure how to suck a dick. And uh, I remember telling my friend that joke and she didn't like it. And I asked why. And she said, Alice, I just don't understand. How do you not know? How to suck a dick. And I went, I'm sorry. My mother taught me how to sew, not how to deep throat. Uh, 
Cool. Um, so the other day, um, I, I was having sex, and um, I well, had the best orgasm really I've ever had. And when that happened, my initial reaction was to go, well done. <laughs> um, which means I've become a primary school teacher. <laughs> um, so now I've implemented a gold star system. And um, I believe everything's funny. I honestly believe everything is funny. You know, like from your, your bitchy co-worker, um, Brian, to um, my brother overdosing, to flowers. Everything's funny, you know. Like the funniest thing about my brother overdosing is that... <laughs> guys, no. Um, is that I was away at the time, so I had no idea it was happening. Um, so he was on the hospital bed, and he technically died for four minutes because his heart stopped working. And when that was happening... I was playing strip just dance. <laughs> so you could say that we both lost ourselves that day. <laughs> um, so like um I wouldn't well, I went back home with my family. I lived at home and for a while and at the same time um I really got into running and uh I think I know why because at the beginning of my run I was really motivated. And it was because I was technically running away from home. So, and uh, my parents are very proud working class people. Very proud. But um, I argue, because we live in quite um, a nice area, and I went to university, um, I identified that we're middle class. And I brought this up to them. And we had a really big row, right, whilst we were shopping in John Lewis. And... <laughs> Um, so I'm not, I just recently moved back to Bristol. Um, I'm actually from the Manchester, from the Manchester, from Stockport, mate. And, um, and the Manchester circuit is, actually it's great in Manchester, mate, if we're gonna get into it. Um, and yeah, the Manchester circuit is very different to the Bristol circuit. For instance, uh, you guys are lovely, right? You, you, you guys have faith. Um, you believe that I might be saying something funny, eventually. Uh, whereas in Manchester, in the first five seconds, um, if I haven't said anything funny and I haven't called someone a cunt, um, they're feeling a tad uncomfortable. And if a further five seconds, and I'm, well, in the further five seconds, and like, I've not shown my tits or I threw a drink at somebody, I should really be off the stage right now. Um, funnily enough, I'm actually very Catholic in a way. Um, when, excuse me, <laughs> and, um, like, so when I was getting confirmed, which is like level two Catholicism, um, like the basic is baptism and then get to level two and you get to have the bread, which is well exciting. And um, so to do that, you've got to pick a name, your confirmation, confirmation name. And I was like, I'm going to be called Jesus. So I'm going to be Alice, Megan, Jesus, O'Brien. <laughs> that was the plan. Um, t- turns out you can't do that. So I went with Mary instead. That's not funny. That's just my life. Um, um, on my last thing I want to say is that you might have noticed that I dress quite conservatively. I like dressing like this. 
All right. Um, <laughs> I like just trousers. I really like trousers. I'm a trousers type of person. And what I really like is jeggings. Love jeggings. I think they're a brilliant thing. Um, I'd, but, you know, sometimes jeggings can be um, a bit annoying um, in some situations. For instance, jeggings are very... Um, well, not very good when you're trying to have a quickie in a club. Uh, unfortunately, jeggings is what makes the whole scenario very unclassy. It's a jeggings fault there. I thought that was going to be funnier. <laughs> um, I like you a lot. You're very honest. <laughs> and on that note, I shall leave you. And you guys have been lovely and have a lovely night. Give it up again for Alice O'Brien! Yeah! Alright! Now, you know the drill! Keep it going! Keep the whooping going! Keep the cheering going! Get it even louder! For Mark Long! Evening. Looking the way I do, I've always really enjoyed walking around Ikea, trying to impress girls by pretending to be a Swedish designer. <laughs> I just wait for the right girl, find a piece of furniture and... Yes, my name is Sven. Sven Michael Sven. And this is the Sven Gorlund 3000. I'll be honest, it's never really worked. I think girls just don't like the idea of going down on someone who looks like a Hitler youth. <laughs> Blonde hair, blue eyes, big physique. Causes me real issues. Growing up, I thought the worst thing about my appearance was I looked like Peter Crouch had a child with a Milky Bar kid. <laughs> So it's disconcerting to learn that I actually look like Hitler's fantasy dream boy. <laughs> I've had a pretty, pretty tough time with it recently. I uh, broke up my ex about a month ago. Uh, to be honest, for much of my 20s, I never really had a proper relationship. And when you haven't had that experience, it's, it's really challenging. You just don't know how to react to certain situations. You don't have the experience to handle certain things. But let me just say, when it gets to the stage where how do I break up with someone who's being Googled, you know it has not gone well. I just wish... I just wish... I just wish you hadn't Googled it right in front of me. I, 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 was, I was just sitting on the bed. I, I could see her doing it. I, she could have waited a minute. I had not even taken the condom off. I, I have got back out into the dating game again, though. I went on my first date last week since the breakup. And... It went about as badly as I thought it would, which it was a shame. She was a really nice girl. We, we hit it off. We were really vibing. We just we couldn't stop talking. Then she asked me, she asked me what was on paper, a simple question. It wasn't up there with, how did your last relationship end? Have you ever viewed pornography? Are you able to pay the bill? Now what she asked me was, what kind of stuff do you listen to? And I was concentrating so hard on not admitting that I listened to Coldplay. But when she asked me what I listened to, I gave the following answer. Mainly Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> and yeah, that went down well. Uh, nothing excites a girl more who's imagining going to an Ed Sheeran concert with you than picturing you sat at home in your pants wondering who's going to win the fight between Darth Vader and Yoda. <laughs> I do have to be true to myself, though. I am a Star Wars geek at heart. I always have been. And they say fans of Star Wars usually relate to one of the main characters from the original trilogy. You had the dashing rogue, Han Solo. 
the feisty princess, Leia Organo, or the stoic virgin, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I've always really related to Luke, and not just because of our joint sexual ineptitude, but I've always felt a deep personal connection to Luke. And I think I know why it is. I think deep down, I know that if I, like Luke Skywalker, had magic Jedi powers that enabled me to wield a sword of light in just my hand, to move objects with just my mind, I too would ultimately make a pass at my sister, (laughs) get rejected, and end up living alone on an island, not getting laid. Um, so my personal life's in a mess. Um, I have I have been trying to trying to improve the work thing. Um, I've been trying to look for a job recently. Tried a few things out. Uh, a bit of call centre work, a bit of charity work. Hasn't necessarily worked out, but I felt really good about myself just for for putting myself out there. I felt I felt really positive because, as I always say, and I say this every day to whoever I meet without fail, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. In retrospect. I can see why I wasn't the right person to work on a suicide prevention hotline. (laughs) Accidents do happen, though. I've been Mark Long. Thank you very much. Good night. Yeah. Give another round of applause for Mark Long. All right. Good. (laughs) He'd just gone to the toilet, but that's all right. He's done now. Um, (laughs) All right. All right, now get it going again for your next act, Liam Harris. How are you doing? You good? You right? Nice. Well, I've written quite a lot of jokes because I've been to this event a few times and there were quite a lot of students here, but I hadn't clocked that they were all going to go back for the summer. So I have quite a lot of Love Island jokes that I'm going to have to throw away. Is that right? Is that okay? Nice one. A little bit of an introduction. My name is Liam. I'm 24 years old. I'm not quite from Bristol. I am from the West Midlands, which is quite an awkward thing when you look a little bit like me with the body of Mr. Burns and the hair of Kim Jong-un. That is something that you have to live with. It's a little bit of a stressful one, really. But I cope. I live with it. My girlfriend is here over there. I'm performing for five minutes, and this is the longest she's seen me perform in a while. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes, so moving on to something a little bit more appropriate. Um, I watch far too much porn. I watch far too much porn. It is just, it takes up a ridiculous amount of viewing time. I'm really worried that when I'm an, like an 80 year old man and I'm talking to my grandkids, I'm going to be talking about porn videos I watch, like old episodes of Only Falls and Horses. Oh, they don't make them like they used to. Uh, have you seen that video of two Peruvian twins fucking that midget? It's bloody great. I thought that'd be funnier. I thought, honestly, thought that would be more of a wide berth laugh. I'm sorry for ruining your work night out, because like, I'm a little bit worried that, like, if this is really bad, the next day you're going to be like, so, did you enjoy the work? Did you enjoy your night out? Well, it was really good until that point where that bloke was talking about fucking that Peruvian midget. I mean, it really went downhill from there. Oh, great, lovely. <laughs> um, so, uh, the dream is over. The World Cup is done. England have fucking gone. Um, wasn't it a bit? Wasn't it a bit weird when like the entirety of British summer just died in the space of six hours? As soon as England 
went out of the World Cup, the fucking rain came down, <laughs> Donald Trump came over randomly. It was horrific, man. It was good. It was a terrible time for the waistcoat industry of Great Britain because that was like the shortest golden age of any industry that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there was between the period between the quarterfinal and the semifinal, I've never seen so many waistcoats in my life. It was crazy, wasn't it? Uh, and then there must have been so many burnt after the semi-final. But the dream is dead. Gareth Southgate is done. Fucking, oh, my God. Um, this is quite bad karma for me because at the end of that night, I ended up going to another open mic night and I ended up heckling and, like somebody performing open mics. And just so you know, please don't heckle me because like I'm obviously a good open mic person, as you yeah. can tell from the previous five or six jokes that I've told, but this bloke was like going, what if Donald Trump was from Yorkshire? And he sounded like he was like the worst fucking thing that you could hear in the world. Um, so I shouted. So when he, he was talking about having sex with his girlfriend, and so I shouted really loudly as he um, was going like, so I was shagging my bird, right? I was a little bit drunk and a bit pissed off. So I shouted, shagging, really loudly at this bloke. And I was really put in this awkward situation after because he replied back to me and I had nothing to come back with. So it was just this situation of him going, yeah, I quite like shagging. Do you like shagging? And I was like, yeah, it's my favorite verb. Isn't that great? Yeah. And then it was just horrific, man. It was horrible. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite new to Bristol. Um, I, anybody ever been up across the road? Lovely local reference there. Lovely local reference for the local lads. Um, yes, so with Gloucester Road, the trouble is you can't really tell the homeless people from the hipsters up there. Are they begging for heroin? Are they trying to raise money for a craft beer company? You just don't know. You just don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I'm assuming a lot of people are gentlemen and you know, whatever. That's a bold assumption. So, yes. Um, I probably should tell you this is the first time of me doing this, and I really should have put my material down there, but I've left it in my pocket in my ridiculously tight... I don't know why I've dressed like this. I look like a moderately racist YouTuber. <laughs> I, look, I, look like, I look like somebody that would do like unboxing videos, and then every 10th video I would go, maybe the Holocaust didn't happen, you know? You know? Like, you just... The, Please like and subscribe. Um, it's, it's a, yeah, I do have a very unique look. I look like Mark Camoge from 20 years ago. It's horrific, man. <laughs> one guy really fucking like, one guy really like Mark Camoge over there, man. Give it a, give a round of applause, man. I'm so distracted by your shirt, though. I'm so distracted. Um, if you can give it to me, then we can see. But, um, yeah, um, this is the first time that I've done this. And I'm so glad that this is an experience I'm going to have to tell to a psychiatrist in the past. Well, I was doing um, stand-up comedy and nobody laughed, so... All right, anyway, thank you so much. You've been wonderful. Um, yeah, cheers. <laughs> Give it up again for Liam Harris. Yeah, all right. It's time for your second break. We're going to have a short 10-minute break again. What time is it? It is 10 past. So, we'll meet back here. Well, we'll aim for 20 past 9. Okay? Sound good? Go have a drink. Go get yourself refreshed and refilled. Get ready. It's the last time this evening. 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 It's the last time
Sorry, Alex, for like just shouting in your ear then. Oh, okay. Have we all had a good night? Yeah. yeah. Andy, have you had a good night? Yay, it's you again. <laughs> Fuck. That was good. Okay. All right. <laughs> nice one, Andy. Ah. Well, you know, I, I, I would ask you what you did with this break, but I feel like I probably know. With the... <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry. It's all right. We'll... <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, well, so I was talking earlier about my, about my recent breakup. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it again. Because, you know, I'm not bitter at all. Uh, no, we were, it was a long time we were together, you know. We were together for five years. Um, we were together for so long that she, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't my, she wasn't my girlfriend. You know, she, she, she was my partner, you know. You know, you, you know the distinction, you know. She's, she's not, she's not my girlfriend. She, she's, she's my partner, you know. Because, like, uh, like, a girlfriend, I think, is, is, is someone that you kind of, you know, you, you take to dinner. And you take to comedy shows, whereas, whereas a partner is someone that helps you get the fluff out of your belly button. Yeah. And also, I, I sort of feel like if you're, to get, if you're with someone for less than five years and you refer to them as your partner, people generally assume that she's a man <laughs> and, that you're just sort of not, and that you're just not comfortable revealing that fact. Um, and, you know, it's 2018. I'm fine with that. She hated it. Uh, but she broke my heart, so fuck her. Um, Uh, but uh, in any case, I, I, I feel like the, uh, yeah, no, good, right, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to talk about, guys? Let's, uh, yeah, no, uh, five years, though, is a long time. We were actually, we was kind of, it was at the point where we were, we were talking about, you know, kids. Uh, turns out we both hate them. Um, no, but she, she, she said that she, she didn't actually want to have kids. Because um, she's so she's she's a medical student and she knows all you know, the thing, kind of what's involved in, in giving birth. She thinks it'll be too painful uh, to to um, give birth to a child, uh, so she wants to have a cat instead. Um, and you know, I just think, yeah, it's smaller, but surely the claws will hurt more. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> all right, okay, and on that note. <laughs> you guys ready for some more comedy? Okay, great. Okay, so I'm about to bring on your next act, who is all the way from Russia. Okay, his name's Nikolai Kuznetsov. All right, he's going to make you laugh. You're all going to have a great time. Before he comes on, we're going to play another quick game where this is called this is just called clap like crazy. Okay, so it's a pretty simple game. All you got to do is crap, clap, clap like not crap, don't crap. Uh, Clap like crazy. Okay. So it's all good. All right. And you know what? Start whooping. Start cheering for Nikolai Kuznetsov. Hello. My name Nikolai Kuznetsov. I am on diplomatic mission in light of recent political tensions to smooth things over. You ask how I look so young for diplomat, no wrinkles, a simple trick, healthy diet, and never smile. 
I have written some jokes for you today. Joke number one. <laughs> this cold war, eh? Why they call it cold war? In Russia, every war is cold. <laughs> it's like, comrade, please. <laughs> Be more specific. <laughs> I have met many soldiers in the Red Army, but I ask why they call it Red Army. None of them has ever finished book. <laughs> it's okay to laugh, comrade sister. There is no secret police. <laughs> I joke, there is always secret police. <laughs> World Cup was good. I hope you enjoy it. You know how much effort we put in to bring you a beautiful game. You know how much it is costing bribing FIFA officials. <laughs> Russia outperformed themselves because people underestimate us. But in knockout stage, we are good because in Russia, we excel in sudden death scenarios. <laughs> It was very good World Cup, uh, good injection of entertainment, uh, injection of pace, injection of lots of things. It's, our, <laughs> it's very much our approach to sport. Uh, yeah. I am from village on a river in Russia. Uh, you know why this river is so rude? Because it's Volga. <laughs> you don't like Russian geography joke. <laughs> you English have got your backs up about Russian affairs recently. Where is famous sense of humor? <laughs> I make same jokes around Salisbury and Wiltshire. Whole audience dead. This joke is topical, have to be used very quickly and soon. It's got, uh, how you say, short half-life. <laughs> Back to jokes. Uh, how you know if woman in Soviet Union is make good wife? You assess her. Oh, I try again. Um, it's, uh, you, you, USSR, uh, uh, US, US, is simple wordplay. Uh, uh, what you get if you cross Putin, you don't cross Putin. Go, st go straight to Gulag, do not pass go, do not collect 200 rubles, do not play Monopoly. In Soviet Russia, 
Monopoly. All monies is in community chest. <laughs> you play a different game. Play, play card game. In Russian cards, there is no kings, no queens, very few diamonds, <laughs> lots of spades. <laughs> play game of life. I played this when I was a child. Good game. We are calling it uh, Russian roulette. Uh, <laughs> Russia is not so bad, though, really. Uh, we have real democracy now. Uh, not as good as your democracy, obviously. Uh, we are very envious of yours. It's why we are always uh, wanting to um, participate, get involved in your elections. <laughs> There is uh, good money in Russia uh, for being a social media troll. <laughs> get, get paid by government. Uh, go on to YouTube comments. Stir up shit. <laughs> never get caught. American government, they are trying to uh, hack into fake profiles. But when they get into a fake profile behind it, they just find another fake profile. And behind this one, there is another. You hack into this one, there is another one. Inside this, there is smaller fake profile again. <laughs> it's why it's called Russian trolls. Yeah. You got it now. He's explaining to you. Good. Yeah. A uh, knock knock. KGB. It's always KGB. It's always KGB. <laughs> this guy knows. You're, you're KGB, I can tell. Yeah. You're KGB. Uh, you are a simple peasant. Um, you are a spy. Ob disguise is obvious. 1970s Soviet Union called. <laughs> they want obvious disguise back. Why are you wear, wearing shorts and two tops? What is, are you hot or cold? Make mind up. There are lots of jobs, not just trolls in Russia for government. Uh, it's why unemployment is down in Stalingrad. Unemployment is down in Leningrad. Only place unemployment is high is uh, undergrad. I have friend uh, works at famous vodka factory uh, desk right next to a windowsill. Absolute ledge. <laughs> my my son, he is back in Saint Petersburg. Uh, I am trying to buy him present for birthday, uh, remote control car, but. Uh, in Russia, we have lots of different weather, snow. So it's got to have uh, runners, like snowmobile, you know, for all terrain. And I go into shop and I ask gift shop boy, does he have anything like this? And he says, go to bookshop. I say, why go to bookshop? He say, why are you asking me for, does toy have skis?
I say, where can I get this? He says, there are two other gift shops, but they do not do as good toys as us. There is shop that does very little gifts, shop that does medium-sized presents, and then we do biggest ones. I said, why you tell me go to bookshop? You are the one selling tallest toys. You don't have to laugh if you don't like, it's fine. (laughs) I am not surprised you don't laugh. If you don't like long narrative, you're not going to get Tolstoy joke. (laughs) Why in Russia, if you want to get honey, you're never sure if you get it or not? Because it's all come from KGB. (laughs) Who said yeah? (laughs) You write my set next time and then come stand here perform. Who is one with gun here? Okay. (laughs) Where are you from? Uh, Canada. Canada. Uh, Your parents there? Uh, What is your mother's name? Zorina. Zarina. Zarina. I am not going to make your mum joke, don't worry. Where I am from, we make your mum threat. (laughs) Don't heckle me again. (laughs) I have been encouraged to spread message that Vladimir Putin is nice guy. Good sense of humor. So I am bringing you Puns for the Putin. <laughs> Western journalists are saying that Vladimir Putin's pet goose is not real, but it's propaganda. <laughs> Western journalists are saying Americans have only office printing and copying technology, but Putin has alternative facts. Western journalists are saying they have exclusive photos of Putin's extensive kayak collection. But it's fake canoes. (laughs) My name is Nikolai Kuznetsov. I hope you have found diplomatic mission useful. Uh, Don't worry about trying to follow me. I'm already following you. (laughs) Goodbye. again for Nikolai Kuznetsov. All right, and keep it going for the final act of the night. Jeffrey! Where the fuck am I? Who are you people? Last thing I remember I was running through the bagging aisle of my local supermarket with my tits out. (laughs) Crying, how's that for a couple of unexpected items? (laughs) Uh, Ever woken up, love, 
sobbing in the arms of your inflatable Eamon Holmes doll. Wondering what the fuck you're doing with your life. I guess me and Holmesy just weren't meant to be. We rubbed each other up the wrong way right from the start. Now, quite frankly, I'm feeling deflated. And so, of course, is he. On the bedroom floor. How I used to love merrily pumping away on him in the wee small hours. But things just haven't been the same since that last romantic meal. When I accidentally knocked that candle in his lap. Everything after that seems to have gone off half cock. I tried to get over him by ordering the Usain Bolt model. Guaranteed to get me over that finish line in record time. Unfortunately, they sent me Oscar bloody Pistorius by mistake. One bang and it was all over. I thought I might try embracing my sexuality. So I got myself a female doll. You'll never live till you've sampled the moist, gooey stickiness of the Lorraine Kelly. Well, for that true taste of Scotland, her fanny's made of Tunnock's tea cakes. You've tasted it, sir, I can tell. I forgot you're fucking Scottish. Come see me later. I've got a marshmallow filling just meant for you and you alone. But, uh, I've forgotten where the fuck I am now, thanks to you. Bring the proclaimers in and I've lost all sense of being, I tell you. So, uh, they had a couple of the older models on sale. They had Chaz and Dave on buy one, get one free. I thought I'd rather stay home and use my uh, rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Thank you for laughing, sir. So I waved Eamon goodbye with a tear in my eye. And he's now engaged to a bouncy castle somewhere in Cleethorpes. I'll never forget you, Eamon. Our love will last forever. Well, at least until uh, 2.30 tomorrow, when the postman should arrive with my Schofield. So now, I'm looking for a real man. One that doesn't just come in cellophane wrapping, if you get my drift. I think you've had a little bit of a glint in your eyes since I came on tonight. Or is that just conjunctivitis, folks? I don't know. But uh, what was your name again? Andy. Andy. You know, some people say I'm a bit psychic. Or was that psychotic? I'm never quite sure about the difference. But I'm getting something from you tonight, Andy. I hope it's not syphilis. But I don't need a crystal ball, folks, to tune in to Andy. When I can consult the orbs of destiny... Yes, folks, my psychic tits are famous throughout the land. They've made blind men see double. It works, Al. Thank fuck for that. But uh, 
I am definitely getting something from you on boob cam. I'm getting uh, somewhere very hot and steamy. Later tonight. Is it a sauna, Andy? No. It's the back of a Toyota Yaris, ladies and gentlemen. Would you like to guess what car I drive, Andy? Toyota Yaris. He's psychic as well, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a round of applause. I'm also getting the feeling that earlier today you were watching Antiques Roadshow on the TV. Let me tune that nipple in a bit back. Ah, yes. You were getting a bit excited during the valuations though, Andy, weren't you? A little too excited. Because that wasn't your porcelain you were polishing, was it, Andy? That was your tartan ding-dong. Jesus Christ. The orbs can't take this sort of perversion. You know, this gift can be a curse, ladies and gentlemen. Only yesterday I had a near-death experience. Clicking my bean to Alan Titchmarsh. He knows he did it too. He was next to me. He was the titch in my marsh. Fuck me, what the hell am I doing? In Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Where am I going now? Do you know, I've got a lovely old gentleman now coming through. Can anybody here take this? Please fucking take it. He's got a wooden leg and an eye patch. And I'm getting the letter R. Thank you for writing my jokes as well as for making me salacious on stage. That jacket's coming off very soon, Andy. Revealing the tartan lining in your trousers. I was going to say underpants then. I blew the whole fucking thing, didn't I? Right. You can't escape me either. I've got something else coming through on TIT TV. Earlier today, sir, I believe you were playing your old ABBA records. What's your name? Asham. Asham. Asham, I seem to see you dressed as the blonde one. You do have the legs for it, though, I might say. But uh, taking your willy out and drawing a little beard on it and calling it beyond was probably a step too far. I can't deal with you people and your perversions. The orbs are getting overloaded now. You know, I hope your guardian angel wasn't listening to you. We all have guardian angels, ladies and gentlemen. Except for Isaac. His ex-girlfriend told me to say that. <laughs> He's got the police after that business with the chinchilla and the packet of what's-its. When those celestial beings beam down and point at you, ladies and gentlemen, you can't resist it. 
Have you ever been fingered by an angel, love? I think you possibly have. I think he possibly sat next to you. Gabriel, go blow your... I think you've blown his horn a few times. Fuck me. I really do need some uh, therapy now. (laughs) Where am I? I think I'd better get back, folks, because these uh, orbs are going to blow. They've had too much exposure to your filthiness this evening. Especially with that Russian chap coming on earlier. Do you know the Russians have been after these boobs for a long time. They want to turn them into a weapon of mass destruction. So I wrote a song about them. And I'm going to dedicate this to you, young man. Because you've inspired me. And I only wrote it the other day, so if it's not funny, don't fucking laugh. If your boobs attract the Kremlin, don't forget that little Gremlin Russian shits. Putin on my tits. I need to protect these fellas from polonium spiked umbrellas in their midst. Putin on my tits. Donald Trump would dance the okie-cokey just to give these boobs a little pokey with his child hands. I love that bit. So I'm going to have to lie low or these tits end up in Moscow blown to bits. Putin on my tits. I did write another. This is the last bit of the song. See if you like this bit. I don't need red square on my tits inside this underwear on my tits. You keep the World Cup on my tits. I'll keep my B cup. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. One last time for all the acts you've seen tonight. Wasn't it great? Yes. All right. Now, now before we go, I have a few things I would like to mention. Uh, one, this has been a free night, and I don't know if you noticed, but there is a cup in my hand, and it's not a pint I've just finished. No, it's a collection bucket. And, you know, if you liked the night, feel free to leave whatever change you have. If you didn't like the night, you know, I don't know, just fuck off. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not. No, that's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You won't be allowed to leave unless you pay. Um, okay, yes. So a few things to mention. We're on every other Wednesday. However, this Wednesday was a bit of a weird one because the World Cup last week. So we're actually on next Wednesday, and then after that will be every other Wednesday. So if you liked it, come back. Uh, we're also a podcast on the Out of Lives Network. Way. Um, so if you enjoyed what you listened to tonight, or, you know, you want to see how the other nights went, get on and, and check us out there. We're on iTunes and all the other podcast platforms. And finally, before I bring on Alex Kitten, 
my co-host, to talk about some other stuff. We also, you know, if you like comedy, you like Bristol comedy, you like these things, check out The Kettle on Facebook. It's Bristol's comedy calendar. has all the comedy events in Bristol that you can go to. It's a great thing. Uh, He'll be on that thing. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'll be there with the collection back here. Yeah. And now, finally, Kitson to talk about something else. Oh, yeah. I'm Nick. Hi. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, I sort of run this with Isaac, um, yeah, this, this gaff, um, uh, on the other nights. But I'm actually away for the next month or so because I'm going to Edinburgh with a, uh, doing a sketch show. So I think, that, I think I'm right in saying this will probably be the last episode that's out before the start of August. Probably. So if you, uh, you here or anybody at home are going to Edinburgh, uh, check out uh, Bristol Reunions present Paraguay, which is that we're up there all month and it's going to be good and I am in it. And uh, <laughs> and please come because otherwise I am an in enough debt as it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, also, give a hand for Isaac, who's done a good job tonight. Uh, from what I've seen. Uh, well, I don't know what his opening stuff was like. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be at the door. Cheers. Come back again. Thanks all. Bye. <laughs> www.outoflives.net. <laughs> <laughs>